you know, who knows? I mean, he doesn't know. We know, but he doesn't know. He doesn't, but he's going to kill this guy anyway. Hey, this is David, and welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. And this is Alon, and I finally watched Wind River. So, Wind River is a movie that I heard a lot about before I saw it, about a little, a few months, maybe a year after it came out. So, this came out in 2017. And I was laying down in bed watching it. And it's a pretty slow movie starting out. And when it gets to the last 45, 40 minutes, I remember I'd been laying in bed the whole time. I like stood up in front of my TV and watched the last 40 minutes of it just standing there because it was so like intense. I think- is, it, is it really the last 40 minutes? Because when that, when that ending starts, and we'll get into it in a second, but when that ending starts, it feels like there's like, I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie left. Like that, that last 40 goes by so fast. It absolutely does. Yeah, it's like 40 to 45 minutes left in the movie. It's like an hour and 45 minute movie. And you're like at the hour, hour and five minute mark when they're getting to the oil rig. Um, and yeah, for just the end of it, I was just standing on edge, like what's going to happen. Um, and I... I love this movie because it's got this like slow build to then this like very violent, intense ending. And I love movies like that that just sort of shift almost the type of movie it is. Like this is a like a very it's like a mood piece that turns into an action movie. I am over the moon with what you're gonna think of Sicario when we finally watch it then. But, you know, I, I think part of what makes that ending to Wind River really work is how it treats the audience. Like, it treats you intelligently. Like, okay, you're smart enough to, like, you know, this is it, right? And um, it's very exciting for me Thank you for showing me this movie. It's a great movie. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, it's really exciting once we're going to really talk in depth about the ending. Um, but probably the best way to talk about this movie <laughs> is chronologically. So the opening uh, is really, I guess, unironically poetic, right? She's running through this like tundra um, it's at night, it's icy, it's cold. And then there's this like voiceover. And I love that if you're just watching this for the first time, not knowing anything and you're watching it, you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of intense. Um, but nice, nice voiceover. And then how that connects towards the middle of the movie with her poem. No, absolutely. So when I watched it today, it had probably been two years since I've seen it. And so I knew the basics of it, but it was a little bit, I was able to see it almost through the eyes, I guess a little bit of someone who hasn't seen it, just like how things would be confusing. Because in the beginning, you just see her running through the snow. And I know why she's running through the snow, but as the audience, you wouldn't. It, your first view know well, what what's happening so my first view watching her run through the snow the music told me that there was like an urgency and i actually like kind of mistaken a gunshot 
or I, I, I mistaken a musical cue for a gunshot. And it was at the same time that she fell to the ground. So at first, what was running through my head is that someone shot at her, hit her leg. She was still kind of trying to make it, you know, away from there. And then she kind of just slowly dies and, you know, fade to black. And I was like, so I guess some guy shot her, someone shot her, something, right? So that's kind of like my first putting it together. Um, obviously, it's not that at all. But yeah, I, it is kind of a, a confusing beginning, which it's, it's meant to be. Yeah, purposeful. Um, and then right after that, you get to meet who's basically going to be the main character, the protagonist of this movie, um, Jeremy Renner, whose name is Corey. But for the rest of this podcast, I'm just going to call him Jeremy Renner. Yeah, good. <laughs> good idea. Um, and I think they, they do a great job of establishing him very quickly. Like he's very no nonsense, very strict with his son, but also just very loving. Cause like his son just pointing a gun any which old way. And he's like, what are you doing? You gotta get someone shot, like really like strict with him. But then he's like, all right, but you know, it's fine. Like go get in the car. And then he's talking to what is his ex-wife in a swap with their children. She's like, you know, I'm going to need more child support because I'm going to have to move down to to Jackson hole. And he's like, well, that's fine. We'll figure it out. Whatever, you know, whatever works for you. So you can tell like who he is. And then also very quickly, like they're divorced, but the reason for their divorce is it's kind of, it must be something weird because they still seem to like have feelings for each other. Right. I, I like how this whole story kind of just unfolds in your lap without it being too heavy on the exposition. You know, you later find out that they're divorced because their oldest daughter uh, died, got murdered. I think it like alluded to. I mean, throughout, and that's what you talked about with the movie doesn't dumb things down and treats you as intelligent. So like, his son at one point is like, oh, you know, what happened to that girl? Um, he's like, oh, she was running in the snow. And he's like, same as Emily, uh, you know, his sister. He's like, yeah, bud, the same. So like, it's kind of presumed that they died the exact same way. Um, right. Is what I took from it. She definitely had to have been murdered. What's, what's interesting too is that there's – for for Jeremy Renner's character, there's this sense of like, I have to do this, not because I was asked or, you know, ordered by the FBI to do this, but I, he's on his own like personal vendetta. Almost like if he can solve Natalie's murder, you know, the girl who, who died in the beginning of the film, he can solve Emily's murder, uh, his daughter. We, you have still, you have to just assume that she was murdered uh, and they hid it from the sun. But then what's even more like, oh, it's, you know, it all comes together is that Natalie and Emily were like BFFs. Right. And that's, a, a, it's getting a little bit ahead. But yeah, you find out that um, they were best friends that Jeremy Renner found out his daughter was missing because Natalie, the girl that's in the beginning of this movie, um, phoned him and his wife to let them know that she couldn't find her. She hadn't heard from her. And then they found her body days later. Um, and you also find out at that point, 
that's why they divorced, you know, his wife, uh, he was telling his wife, you know, when she was on her way to work, which is why he was picking up the son, you know, you know, don't go through pine down. She's like, I'll never go there again because they were having a night out there. And that's where um, they were when their daughter went missing. Um, the other thing too, about this movie is like the, the coolest lines of dialogue are all written for Renner. Yeah. Um, right. I love in the beginning when the ex-wife is like, who was the victim today? And he just smiles and he's like, well, it looks like it's going to be me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I noticed that too. It, it was these like little lines that, but he, he says it and it, it goes so unnoticed by like himself, like, or the other characters like, Oh yeah, that was kind of a, like a clever line. He just says it and like they move on. It's nothing is like held on too long. Um, I feel like this is quite like a natural movie. There are a few times where it's like a little, um, I, I didn't really do any research about like who the writer or especially who the director was for this. So if you have any input on, on it, that'd be great. But what I wanted to get to was when Elizabeth Olsen whose character's name is Jane, but for the sake of the podcast, we'll call her Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, when she comes onto the scene, it gets like, there's a dynamic that that's a little weird. But yeah, do you have any insight on who, who directed this? Yeah, so his name is Tyler Sheridan. He wrote um, Sicario, Hell or High Water. Oh. And then he wrote and directed Wind River. He wrote Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado. Um, and then he is seems to be one of the creators and written by for Yellowstone, which is like one of the biggest series out right now. My mother loves Yellowstone. Yeah, my brother just texted me about it like before we started. And then one of my friends was talking about how much he loves it. So, um, yeah, so obviously it's funny how you I started laughing earlier when you said I can't wait to watch Sicario because I said that this is like slow and then builds up to a tense ending so before we go too far afield the other thing that's established pretty early on is that Renner is a sniper and they do it kind of in a way that you know they show him taking out a wild animal and he was a coyote going after some sheep what seems to be a very true way and a very natural way how tough life is on a reservation and you have uh, Jeremy Renner really like wanting to take part in his ex-wife's parents' lives and his son's life and really like do his best to help these people out. He works for the federal fish and wildlife. Um, But at the end of the movie, there's even a statistics that a statistic that goes across the screen that says like the only demographic of people of missing people not kept is native American women. And that's because the director hired some researchers to try and figure out what the rate of native American women missing has been over like the years. And they said after months of looking like they couldn't find a statistic and he's like, well, then I guess that's what we'll have to put. Um, So I think the, it is the director and the writer director was very intentional in like trying to depict how tough life is on these reservations. And uh, this one in particular, obviously Jeremy Renner, isn't native american nor is his character um he kind of marries into that culture but then there is a line towards the end of the movie um he kind of says that his family his ancestors have been like here for like 
centuries and all he loves is the silence and the cold. We'll get into exactly why he says that later, but um, it makes it makes me think that his family is from this part of, of what is it? Wyoming. Right. Um, did I like misunderstand something like he's not Indian. However, he is native to this part. They're, they're kind of unclear on that. Obviously, you know, he married into that culture a little bit and then he's now divorced, but he has a son that is half native American. He's very close with his ex father and mother-in-law or just father-in-law i don't know if we yeah we do meet the mother-in-law um and i think he just kind of takes pride in that area he's not it's not like he's appropriating their heritage i just think he he recognizes the difficulty of people on that reservation and i think he just tries to do his best to kind of help and then he's just sort of he's accepted you know, these are his friends. These are people that he's with all the time because he's a federal fish and wildlife game warden. I don't know what exact his title is, but I think it's just, it's become a part of his life now. And so like he takes, he takes pride in that um, without like trying to make it like that. That's what he is too. Um, I think he, I think he walks a fine line with it in the movie. So let's talk about when. Uh, he finds the body. Okay. So he goes and drops his son off and he basically has to do, he has to find a lion that has killed his father-in-law's livestock. And he's going out to track this lion, which is just, which is his job. That's what he always does, which also leads to some pretty sweet quotes later on in the movie. Um, And he tracks the, he he finds these tracks. He's following them on a snowmobile and then he finds a body. Um, what I do like is you can tell like he stops the snowmobile and he's like looking at, he can see the body from far off. And so he's puts on his gear. He like gets in position. He's like got his gun and he's like very serious about it. I also did notice like the tracks leading to the body, which are like obviously her running tracks. Um, and it made me have the thought of like, that had to be a nightmare to get rid of all the other tracks necessary, to, like set up shots yeah. And it turns out they just had to fix it in post. <laughs> they like they oh, couldn't really? like Yeah, yeah, they just had to fix it. Oh, uh, especially like when Elizabeth Olsen shows up and it's like that's actual snowfall too. Um all, all they... of it cuz I I could buy that a majority of it was but then some close-ups of some of these characters when she shows up looks like there was like a post foreground snowfall. Maybe to make it look more, you know. Maybe. Uh, the whole thing was shot in like Utah. So, um, mm. and like they went all like all different places around there to get the shots to make it look appropriate for Wyoming, I guess. But as, a, as he's walking up to this body, you can see like on his face, the change when he recognizes like the clothing and the hair and the girl. And then like when he finally gets up and he sees her. And at this point, you don't really know how close that this girl, Natalie, you don't even know her name, but how close she was to his daughter but you just see the effect on his face. And what I love, and you kind of pointed this out, but the director lets you find out all the information you need naturally. There isn't some exposition in the beginning so that you'll be able to catch on. It's like you need to pay attention because the clues are given out of order to where you can piece all together, like who this girl is, why Jeremy Renner really cares about her. Um, And then this leads to, because it looks to be a murder and Jeremy Renner 
believes it to be so that they have to call in uh, the FBI and they get Elizabeth Olsen, whose character is pretty interesting. I kind of like the uh, the Native American reservation chief giving her a hard time about like her clothes. Well, not e- not even her clothes, but w- when she was like, yeah, I came from Vegas. I was the closest officer. And he's like, oh, you're from Vegas. She goes, no, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't, well, he was just trying to make small talk. Well, he sends and he says to Renner as she walks inside, because they have to give her clothes, um, you know, see what they send us. Just like there's no, they don't give a shit about us um, when they have to come investigate. They send. There's a lot of like talking down to Elizabeth Olsen's character, you know, her age, because uh, she's on the younger side, I guess. And then her the fact that she's a woman. You get this like moment where she's putting on these like super warm long underwear clothes and the wife of the, is it the mother-in-law? It's his, it's his ex-mother-in-law. It's Jeremy Renner's ex-mother-in-law is like, hey, you better be careful with those because those right up your underwear. And then it's a shot of like her thong. And then she's like very like rudely is like, well, it looks like your underwear is already written up. I'm like, is that necessary? I think what they do is they're, he's kind of developing her as a very interesting character because she's young. She paints herself as inexperienced. Um, but then she has these scenarios where they go and visit these meth dealers and she gets sprayed in the face. And while the chief of the reservation is incapacitated, she goes in and takes out the dude wielding a shotgun while she's almost blind, basically. Um, that was a super awesome scene. Yeah. And I think we'll get to it in more detail. But, but my point is, like, they could have painted her as this kind of idiot doesn't know what she's doing in an inexperienced FBI agent or this badass people don't take me seriously. Let me show you. But she's kind of a real character. She has these flaws. She recognizes them, but she also has these moments where she's like, I know what I'm doing. She has these, uh, you know, she goes to the parents of Natalie, the girl that's been killed um, and she starts asking questions about like, why would you let your daughter go off? And he's like, she's 18. I can't control my daughter. And then she's like, well, I want to kind of talk to the mother. And I thought it was a little weird that the, the father would just say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go talk to her. Cause he knew he, she was going to find the mother, Natalie's mother, like cutting herself and like, just really like depressed and in like a horrible state. And she just is like, you know, when that happens, she's just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I think you you see pretty early on, you know, we, I said the chief is like, oh, look what they sent us. They just, this girl. But then when she's talking to the medical examiner and he's like, I can't list this as a homicide. She gets really pissed about that because she wants like a whole team to come out there. Cause she's like, listen, right now you're the best. I'm the best you have. And I'm trying to get a whole team sent out here, but I can't unless this is listed as a homicide. And the chief is like, you know, I really appreciate how much you care about this, but like, this is normal for us. Like this is, uh, we didn't expect much more. Um, so I think I, the thong scene aside, I, th- I, I think that he does a great job of like fully fleshing out her character almost more even than Jeremy Renner's. Like you do get a good gist of who Jeremy Renner is, but he's also just this kind of like interest, like 
cowboy type, like doesn't give you a whole lot except in a few scenes here and there. Well, what's interesting about that uh, is that the whole perspective of the movie is from Jeremy Renner's kind of point of view. And it's his land, his family, his friends, his acquaintances, right? So it's like you have all those elements in the movie to build him up as a character, but you don't have any of that for her. You just have her. So it makes sense to put in more time specifically for her to stand her own ground, to make her own imprint, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. It does make sense. I mean, to... You're with him the whole time, so you're going to gather his character from that. When you're with her, it's got to be more uh, deliberate. And I also do love the scene where they're going, where they're finding the body, and um, the chief is like, you know, we can't really positively ID who it is. And Jeremy Renner's like, it's Natalie Hansen. And she's like, well, we'll take that as a positive ID. And she, like, from that is like, I need to be with Jeremy Renner. Like, he isn't going to bullshit me. And he's, he can give me the help like I need in this situation. And I, uh, I love when she's like talking to him about like, I need your help. And, uh, and he says, I don't know how it gets to, but he's like, I hunt predators. And she's like, well, good. Then why don't you help me hunt a predator? Uh, another cool line. And it kind of leads to after Jane, sorry, Elizabeth Olsen finds the Natalie's mother cutting herself. And then the father, Natalie's father almost seems kind of like an asshole, right? But then Jeremy Renner comes to the door and someone he recognizes, someone he can like, knows exactly, like exactly what he's going through. And he just opens up to him super emotionally. And they have this like really beautiful moment, uh, but it leads to this line as something like- Yeah, he's like, you're driving this Fed around. And he's like, that's what they asked me to do, but that's not what I'm doing. He's like, well, what are you doing? I'm a hunting, I'm a hunter, Martin. What do you think I'm going to do? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, and then Martin's like, well, then get off my porch and go do it. I, I think the speech before that, while not as badass, is really cool, really like heartfelt. Um, Jeremy Renner, you know, tells him the story about how like this psychologist talked to him after, you know, he went to like this counseling thing after his daughter died. And he was like, the one thing that really stuck with me, and he tells the story is you get you have to go through the pain. Because if you don't go through the pain, you're gonna rob yourself of your daughter's memory. So if you try and fight and stay away from the pain, you're gonna miss out on her smile, you're gonna miss out on all the memories you guys had together. You have to get through the pain so that you can enjoy those parts again. And that part was really sweet. And then I'm gonna go kill these people. I'm gonna find out who they are and I'm gonna do yeah. it. And I kind of like the progression of this. I'm I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Longmire. No. No. It's kind of like, you know, it's this white cop on an Indian uh, Native American reservation. And you have all these things where you become very familiar that outside of the reservation, not a lot of people are willing to help. And also on the flip side of that, not a lot of Native Americans are willing to accept help from outside sources. So it, kind of this team up of Jeremy Renner, who's just familiar with everyone, and Elizabeth Olsen, who has assets, although she can't use all of her FBI assets to like her full potential, um, 
still, I think it's this like kind of great, almost like a buddy cop movie in a way. Um, but it, it leads them to Natalie's brother. I think that talking to the father is like, yeah, my son is now a meth head. So you better check out the meth house. And what's also interesting about the meth house is that that was like alluded to when he first found the body. Um, when he's like the only thing closest here, apart from like the drilling site is yeah, like. The, yeah. So the meth house was three miles away from her body. The drill site was like five miles away. And so they six, thought six miles away. Yeah. yeah well, I know you're getting it because they say six in the end, but I think they said five in the beginning. So but either um, way. Um, yeah. So that leads to them going to the brother's house. And Elizabeth also is like, why don't we wait for backup? And I love the chief is like, whose name is Ben. Like, this isn't the land of backup. <laughs> this is the land yes. of going in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so used to just like me and my five dudes. And he doesn't even have them, right? Like where, where are his deputies? You see them later on at the drilling site, but you don't see them anywhere else. Did they explain that? Yeah, I mean it's a low budget movie, and they didn't they couldn't hire them for the whole time. Probably, I mean you they, have I Elizabeth think... Olsen and Jeremy Renner coming off from Avengers. It's not that low budget, okay? So when they go up to the door of the meth house, it kind of shows this like you could tell that Ben, the police chief, is like he's responsible for putting like everyone away, like he's like public enemy of the enemy number one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Meth heads, worst nightmare. Um, what's interesting too, is like <laughs> the meth head is, is telling him like, Oh, you put my brother in jail. And then another one's like, Oh, you put my father in jail. And the method's like, Oh, Hey, I have a present for you from him. It takes him forever to like get the spray, the like pepper no, spray out of his. It's a, he says, Oh, I have something. My parole officer asked me to give this to you. Right. So it sounds like pretty legitimate. Like I'm sure he's like, "Oh, my father has a message for you." That would send up red flags right away, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, still should have been a little more suspecting. And I, <laughs> Jeremy Renner, just waiting out back with a shovel, like it's like Home Alone or something, <laughs> to hit the bad guys. It's it's funny too because it's almost like this isn't his first rodeo. Like, oh, they're gonna escape from the back. I'm gonna be ready for this. Like, oh my god, how many times have this happened before? Right. And then after we already talked about how Elizabeth Olsen just blindly goes in and takes out the dude with the shotgun and she's like, Oh, we need to call backup. And Ben's like, backup's not, is an hour away. He's, you know, medics aren't going to get here in time. She's like, we still need to call. And they wait like three seconds and he just collapses and dies like completely. And he's like, I told you, let's, let's get out of here. Um, and then her brother is like, kind of can see from the way they're talking. He's like, why'd you say was, you know, why'd you use the past tense talking about my, sister and jeremy renner's just like because i found her body out there raped and murdered and it's like holy shit jeremy like maybe be a little softer uh yeah but i mean that's kind of why elizabeth olsen takes him on so quickly because you know he as we established he's a no-nonsense type uh, type of guy um and i think him just hanging on the word was you could see the look across everyone's face. Like this, these aren't the guys who did it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, they could tell that he wasn't smart enough to act 
which is which is also interesting too so jeremy renner is then like let me go talk to the brother because they couldn't get anything from him they go out to try and uh to find a body which they do they find um the boyfriend's body you eventually find out matt uh and when he comes back he's like did you guys get anything from the brothers or the you know the meth heads and they said no and he's like let me talk to him elizabeth olsen's like anything you get from him would be inadmissible which is only true if it would be inadmissible but it it wouldn't taint their investigation unless they were going after the brother so the it wouldn't taint an investigation into another person so that part's a little weird but I do love the conversation between the brother and Jeremy Renner in the car. Cause first the brother makes the mistake of, of saying something like you couldn't even protect your own daughter. And he slams his head and he's like, you don't get to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, again, another like cool moment given to Jeremy Renner's character, which then follows him saying, you know, the brother's like, I feel like I want to fight the world the whole, like all the time. And he's like, don't you feel like that? And he's like, I do, but instead I fight that feeling. Cause I know the world's going to win. Um, once again, Jerry Renner just took this. He read the script. He's like, I get to say all this shit? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll do this. Um, and I mean, I, I for me, I don't even think we got to the coolest part. Uh, obviously, the ending. But when they find Matt's... So they find his dead body. Here's what I love about the the movie, right? Is how things unfold. And it is out of order. But it finally, like, it all falls into place eventually. Because Elizabeth Olsen comes over to Matt, to not Matt's house, um, to Jeremy Renner's house. And I thought what they were going to do, and I'm so glad they didn't, is that they had this like sexual tension building up between the two characters. Like, oh, are they going to like fall in love? Or is there some, you know, anything romantically there? And that's just like, that is not what happens. You know, they focus on the backstory about him losing his daughter. And then, you know, she comes to him with information about, oh, the body that you found in the woods, dead. The guy's name is Matt Rayburn. And then it cuts to her finding his daughter's poem, the one that's like voiced over in the beginning of the, uh, of the film right and then before she leaves he's like by the way i don't know if this information is any you know sarcastically he's like i don't know if this helps you at all but natalie's boyfriend's name is matt and well that was that that was because she said listen you know i know i told you i didn't want to know this but just i need you to tell me i don't want to go in because at this point, they decided they need to go to the oil rig tomorrow. And she's like, you know, so I don't want to go into this blind and have something bad happen, like happened at the meth house, which, you know, foreshadowing. Um, yeah. And he's like, well, all I found out is that her boyfriend's name was Matt, which you found out on your own anyway, which is his kind of his way of like giving her a bit of like a, a boost and saying like, you know, you're doing, you're doing good without me. You like, you don't need me. Yeah, you're um, right. That's a good catch. One thing I also noticed too is, you know, we talked a little bit about how some of the like the the secondary actors in um the descendants like the 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 actors who looked like who were more native born Hawaiian um Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that they their acting was a little weird or just maybe not good. 
all of the secondary actors in this were amazing. Like every single one. The method brother, the method brother was amazing. Incredible. I mean, like that, there, there I, was not a single bad one. And I, a lot of these people, like um, Ben, and then um, uh, Natalie's father, and then Natalie. All of them are actually just like actors. Like they're in a bunch of stuff. I think they're in a lot of the Twilight movies. So like all of them are, but like just every single character in this is great. Uh, actually, one of my, I think he literally had one line, but it was Jeremy Renner's ex-father-in-law, right? Right. And he's, he's in the scene when Elizabeth Olsen first pulls up. And mm-hmm. like the little sarcastic co- comments that he has, like kind of like off the cuff comments, I thought were so great. I thought they were like kind of this like, not completely comedic relief but like just enough to kind of like give the space you know give the scene some breathing room but i thought he was on the ball with that before we get to the final scene which i think is what we're about it's not really the final scene it's like the last 40 minutes there's several scenes but the scene that you take away from this i do love the one last jeremy renner line of uh you know he's like hey i ben's like i need you at the oil rig with us tomorrow and you know he's like you you can't catch wolves looking at where you think they'll be you have to go where they were so he's like, I'm going to the body, um, which is just a way for him to be like in sniper range for the final scene. So I think at this point, we'll, we'll just completely talk about the last 40 minutes as far as like, for people who don't know, this is the end. This is it. No, uh, n- no holding back. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He's like far enough away to be like in range of like the viewing of everything that's happening. But then, uh, or close enough, but then far enough to like come in at the very last second. Um, and I love how he's been hunting these like three lions for like the entirety of the movie. And he finally finds them at the same time that Elizabeth Olsen has found the, the, yeah, killers. the predators. Yeah. It's so like, so great. Um, it also felt like he was taking a little side trip. Like, Oh yeah. But my other job too, I get paid to kill these lions. So like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to take them out. It is funny too. He's he's very no nonsense. Like you see this lioness and her cubs, and early on he was like, he, she's teaching them how to hunt. But Mama just got her entire family killed because she taught them how to hunt on livestock. And then he sees them in this cave and just no remorse. Like your days are done. You know what I mean? Like this is what I I kill predators. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of interesting that he just. Once he finds them, there is no there is no remorse, which plays very perfectly in the end. <laughs> but he let them live, didn't he? Because you I, didn't really see him kill it, nor did you hear any gunshots. My my biggest fear. He he says, "Oh, look, your days are done." Like, or that's not the exact line, but from his dialogue, he, no, I think I, he's going to kill them. I understand that, but he gets distracted like immediately about these tracks, these from the snowmobile that he follows up to the ridge. And then he looks over and lo and behold, there's the construction site with like all yeah, the, the oil cops, rig. the oil rig with all the cops and the security of the, of the officers. Um, and this is the point where I think the film treats its audience with the utmost respect and intelligence because, and I'll, I, I want you to talk about the, the, the very abrupt flashback, but I do want to talk about what leads up to it. And they're also uh, real quick. I do want to say the music that they're like the, the score of when they're driving to the oil rig 
mm. like is very ominous, very like foreshadowing that like shit's about to go down. Um, yeah, they uh, take such a long time working that up on on them just going there that you're like, all right, what's what's gonna happen? They get to the oil rig, and they meet up with I guess the the head of security of the oil rig and then it's like chief officers and deputies or you know I, I don't know what a security team is called but they all have like shotguns and weapons and and already drawn too which I found like immediately suspicious because why would you like come out to a bunch of cops with like drawn weaponry right and then they had all these like bruises all over their face which, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen calls out immediately, like, yeah, what happened to you guys? And they I said will they say fell th- off a snowmobile, and it's like all of them simultaneously fell off snowmobiles? Well, it was just the two, and they they said that, like, uh, the they keep getting hit in the head with branches because they're driving too fast. And he's like, well, what about face shields? He's like, well, our owners are in Texas. They don't really understand. They tell us snow is supposed to be soft. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's like they're – their excuses come off very quickly and like somewhat believable that, Hey, like our bosses won't pay for them. That's why we don't have them. But I will say like immediately they're trying to play dumb, like not knowing where Matt is and not knowing what's happened. And then Elizabeth Olsen is like, Oh, we're looking for Matt. His girlfriend reported him missing. And they're like, Oh, well we thought his girlfriend was dead. We heard it reported over the radio. And she's like, I never said her name. Yeah. And I think that's when it gets uh, tense. That's when it gets tense. Um, at that point, one of the officers feels like he's being flanked by the other security members. Uh, let me let me be clear. One of the reservation officers that works under Ben uh, feels like he's being flanked by the rest of the security, oil rig security team. And they all draw their guns and it's like very tense. And at that point, I was kind of afraid that Jeremy Renner being like up in the mountains like is gonna fire on the mountain lions and that that like far away gunshot is gonna like trigger happy everyone else you know what i mean Mm -hmm. did you feel that way uh no no um the the tension to me was like uh i mean knowing sicario and, and i know he didn't direct it but this writer damn he can write these in incredibly tense scenes and direct them too apparently so yeah absolutely and i mean those guys were flanking him like he was for sure right uh and i like how elizabeth olsen like steps through and she's like i'm fbi i'm the only one with jurisdiction everyone put your guns away she tells the one guy he's like you didn't see it you didn't see it like trying to almost warn her um and then she knocks on the door and the flashback is so very subtle like she knocks on the door and then you see John Bernthal answer it. And then you see it's Natalie knocking on the door. Um, and it's nighttime. Like everything is so opposite once he opens the door. Cause at first, you know, he's bunking. Um, they asked him in what trailer Matt is in, where does he bunk or who does he bunk with? And it's, you know, the head, the bald guy and a guy named Will. And, uh, when you see John Bernthal answer the door, immediately you think it's Will. And then it's just this whole switch. Yeah, and that, that scene like with him and Natalie would be very sweet. 
if you didn't know what this scene is, um, you know, because they're in bed and they're talking about their lives and they're trying to plan it out. She's like, well, what about New York? He's like, nah, New York's horrible. Like, you'll never, you'll never even touch grass. Well, what about Chicago? That's just the same, but colder. <laughs> She's like, what about LA? He's like, I'll go back to Iraq before I go to LA. <laughs> um, but then they talk about this town. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Oya or something like that. But that's actually where John Bernthal lives in real life, like at least in the last couple of years, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but it then leads to the the rape and murder scene which is it's hard to watch um it's also a little bit just inexplicable to me how they would let it happen like how all these guys went from you know this is a guy we work with to let's beat the shit out of him and and rape his girlfriend Um, and then kill him right well i mean once you get to that point like you have to kill him like there's no like what are you? You're not. I mean, you have to kill him. Um, but what's what's incredible is that that wasn't like their first intention. It's not like they set up to do this premeditatively. It's well, it's just Pete, right? You called him Will, but it's actually Pete. Oh, it's Pete. I don't know why I thought it was Will. And if if Pete doesn't instigate this, like nothing's gonna happen. He'll probably just take her out of there and and leave. But Pete just like won't give in, and then. John Bernthal gets on top of him and is just beating the shit out of him. And then the guys pull him off and he starts beating the shit out of all of them. And then they hit the girl and she's of course lays prone over the bed. Like, and then they just keep hitting Bernthal Matt until he's unconscious. Right. And then, and you know, then the, the scene happens and you do notice though, John Bernthal gets up behind them and you're just like, Oh, he's, he's gonna at least try and make one last stand. And then you, you know. Well, it makes sense, right? Because he has to give her the time to escape. And then when she runs out of the trailer, that's when the beginning of the movie starts. When you see her running. Right. You know, what she's running away from. Also, you got to love John Bergman, right? Because you can't, he's the punisher. You can't have him in a scene, especially one scene. I guess two scenes if you count his dead body, but I, I doubt that's his body. Um you can't have him in one scene without him being a total badass, right? Like he just got beat up by like six guys. He's bleeding everywhere. He gets up, takes all of them on enough for his girlfriend to escape. Like he, he's like, what in the movie for six minutes. And he's like the most badass character there. Besides, you know, he plays Punisher and he, obviously Punisher is a good guy. He's a heroic character, maybe a little anti-hero. But in most of the movies, he's either a piece of shit or a bad guy, antagonist. So right. to see him play like this very sweet, like love interest character who then like sacrifices himself to, you know, to hopefully save his girlfriend, although it doesn't work out. It's, it was, it was kind of nice. Cause I like John Bernthal. So, and <laughs> Right after this flashback ends, you have Elizabeth Olsen knocking on the door. And I, not that I love it, but the, the way that uh, the boss tips off, hey, FBI is standing in front of the door. And then he's like, open up. No, not open up the door, but like open up with, you know, gunfire. Um, is, is, it's, it was a smart way to do it, I guess. Um, and this just leads to, this whole scene is, it's just badass. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, it's badass, but it's incredibly sad, too. 
Um, no, absolutely. Like you've you've become attached to Ben. He obviously dies. These other two or three officers die. Elizabeth Olsen gets shot, and you think like, you know, she's not. You're unsure if she's gonna make it. Um, but still, like as that, you know, the 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 boss of these guys is standing over Elizabeth Olsen, and there's kind of this worry, like, oh, they're gonna do to her what they did to Natalie. I love how this shootout mimics like almost mirrors the meth head shootout in the in the way that uh you know the meth head shoots both the uh, elizabeth olsen and the chief of police with the spray at the door just like the gut shotgun goes throughout the door and then the last guy or the last two guys for the meth head they escape from the back just like how uh what's his name not not will pete pete he escapes through the back and they just mirror each other and like and then of course jeremy renner's there to just like save the day you know right and what i was saying is i do i like how so this boss is standing over elizabeth olsen um whatever his intentions may be and I like that he kind of gets the like probably the glint of some light or something and he looks up and he like sees before he dies like Jeremy Renner out there and like the blast just like completely takes him out and then there's two other guys and they just get taken out real quick then a dude standing in the trailer gets taken out with like I guess Jeremy Renner's close at this point because it seemed almost like a shotgun maybe it's still just like his same rifle yeah, I, I figured he kind of was like running and shooting at this this point. Plus, he's wearing all white, and it's all white out there. Like, no way could they spot him. Right, he's, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of um, Shooter, the Mark Wahlberg movie. Like, I don't know. There's a scene where he's just like in all white in the snow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's obviously like – this movie is obviously so sad because of what happened in the story. But this like – it's a very satisfying conclusion. Um specifically to jeremy renner then following this pete the the shittiest of all these guys um if we're gonna rank them (laughs) sure we can we can come up with a list but i think another really sad death is the death of the guy who wanted to warn elizabeth olsen about being flanked by those guys because in the face-off with him against i guess another kind of like memorable character in the security the flanker the flanker right uh they both ran out of bullets and they're both trying to like load their gun and shoot each other it's just the the security guy is faster and then he like pats him on the sh- on the chest like oh, man you tried but like i was faster. and then the and then they're like oh two are down and the other guy's like i'm not down and the guy just comes up and shoots him in the head from behind why um, why would you announce that why wouldn't you just play possum I don't know. He was, they were all dead. Like he'd gotten shot too many times. No one was living. Um, I I love that Jeremy Renner kind of stalks Pete. You know, he could have tried to shoot him, but he stalks him, gets right up on him and knocks him out. Um, And then that final scene um, on the mountain, you know, it flashes back in the beginning. It doesn't flash back, but in my head, it connects in the beginning. Elizabeth Olsen is like, how far could someone run in those below, you know, below zero temperatures? And uh, Jeremy Renner's like, well, I don't know. How do you gauge someone's will to live? He's like, but I do know that girl was a fighter. Yeah. Um, I like how he was like, however far you think she ran, she ran farther. Right. 
And so, you know, Jeremy Renner is basically like, Pete, I need you to tell me the truth. I need you to tell me that you raped her. And he's like, I, I raped her. And he's like, and then you killed Matt. And he's like, shakes his head. He's like, you know, I need a, I need a verbal that you did it. And when he says he did it, you can see it in his face, like in Renner's face, like he was maybe unsure until then, but now he's got the confirmation just kind of sinks in like, all right, this guy is the piece of shit I thought he was. Um, but it's incredibly lucky too, right? Because all the other guys die. He has no idea, like per the conversation, like, oh, Matt bunks with Pete. Pete's in the trailer. Like, he doesn't know this. And it just so happens that the actual, like, initial rapist and murderer is the one who escapes. Well, that's why, that was, that's what makes it a good movie. Thank you. But I'm, I'm saying, like, there's no confirmation that, like, oh, you raped her. And you'd be like, no, I didn't. And he, you know, who knows? I mean, he doesn't know. We know. But he doesn't know. He doesn't. But he's going to kill this guy anyway. <laughs> but he does find out that this is one of the guys. Does he ever get it. confirmation that these might be the same pieces of shit that killed his daughter? No, I don't think we have anything that would let us believe that that happened. Okay, that's what I thought. Going back a little bit, I do think Jeremy Renner could have shot a little bit earlier and maybe saved a few cops' lives. He does wait until like, they all get killed. Well, it happens so fast, though. Yeah. And then he takes Elizabeth Olsen into the trailer, checks her out, makes sure she, you know, she's going to live. And he's, she's like, I need a chopper. Give me the radio. Go get him. And then Jeremy Renner's like, I won't bring him back. You have to know that. And she's like, I, yeah, I don't want you. Yeah, I don't know. I know. That's why I'm sending you. Go get him. Yeah. Um, and then now we can talk about the top of the mountain scene. We're already on the top of the mountain scene. <laughs> well, now we're definitely on the top of the mountain scene. And back to the top of the mountain. You know, he basically says to this guy, if you admit what you did to Pete, if you admit what you did, I'll give you a chance. And Pete admits to what he did. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you a chance. You know, the same chance she had. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, there's a highway down there six miles away. She ran six miles in the snow. He's like, but I don't think you'll make it 600 feet. Um, and then <laughs> Pete's like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he's like, I want you to run. And like shoots by his head, like get going. Yeah, it's like, yeah, not only are you going to leave the guy out there to die, but like make him deaf first and and then send him on his way. Um, but I, I think that's the most badass part of the movie, right? Like that's the most um, closure and circumstantial like line of Jeremy Renner's followed by an action. She ran six miles. Your salvation is six miles away. If you get there, I won't come after you. But I doubt you'll make 600 feet. And honestly, when, like, he's, when he starts like running, 50 feet. It's yeah, like he 50 doesn't feet. even make, yeah, he doesn't even make like 100 feet. It's ridiculous how I do, fast I do that like, guy does. Pete like pulls off the blanket and he's like, where are my boots? Where are my boots? And Jeremy's like, man, I got all the time in the world. You don't have a lot of time. So <laughs> you should probably tell me what happened. Yeah. I mean, Pete And is... he sets it up, right? He sets it up as the same as Natalie. Like, she didn't have shoes. You don't have shoes, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. And that leads to another really awesome line. I mean, this whole movie is just 
awesome lines by Jeremy Renner after awesome lines by Jeremy Renner. So he gets, he gets back. Um, obviously Pete dies, uh, spoiler alert, but he gets back to Natalie's parents' house. And I guess there's kind of this calmness about it. I thought they all killed themselves at first. I was like, no way is this movie going to end like that. But her mom is like sleeping with like all of in Natalie's room with all of Natalie's memorabilia. And then he finds her father out in the backyard, like sitting by the swing sets dressed in like, what do you call it? His death paint. Yeah. He's like, he says, it's my death paint. He's like, well, how did you learn to do that? And he's like, I just made it up. There's no one, you know, no one's there, you know, no one's left to teach me, which is also just kind of another poignant example of like, you know, how, how horrible things can be, especially on like on the reservation. The, uh, I love the exchange of dialogue where he's like, so I heard you got him, but one guy escaped and Jeremy Renner just looks at him. He's like, no, no, no. No one's missing. No one, no one, you know. And then he tells him he went out with a whimper. And that was such a great line because like you said, he was such a sniveling little like pathetic creep. And uh, I, there's no better way of describing how he went out, but with a whimper, you know? Yeah. And re- this, the scene before that too, where he, you find out that Elizabeth Olsen lived and she's just like, you know, you saved my life. And he's like, nah, you saved your own life. Um, and he gives her the metaphor with the wolves and the, yeah. And he's like, you know, out here you survivor, so you're surrender. And he's like, you fought. Like, you lived because, because you wanted to live. Um, I, I did wish that she had more of like, a, like an active, because um, before, after she got shot, but before Jeremy Renner came in with like sniper rifles galore, she was doing her best and trying to cock her gun and like take some of them out. But they just like snatched her gun away like immediately. I was like, damn. Yep. Didn't let her do a thing. Damn. Sorry for you. Um, and they also, I think the director does a good job. You, you can sense like not sexual tension between them, but, but like a good rapport and in the end, you know, there isn't some like he brought her flowers or anything, but he's just there to, you know, Jeremy Renner really cares about like the people in his life. And so now he really cares about Elizabeth Olsen and her well-being and her mental state. And so, you know, he he starts reading like a women's magazine to her and like 10 ways to know if a guy's interested in you. Right. And then she just starts bawling and like, you know she's like she ran six miles which is where you get the six miles number and he's like yep yes she did um and so yeah i mean this this whole movie really like it ties together well with like the message of like how much of a fighter like this character was that that died that you know the first character we meet in the movie natalie and then how much of a fighter elizabeth olsen is and how fucking badass jeremy renner is with a sniper rifle but then the comparison with, with all of our main heroes or victims um, being incredible human beings, you have this kind of like complete contrast to our villains being like cowards and, and wimps, you know, pathetic losers. It's such a great, you know, theme. The, the final thought I had before we end this whole thing 
that oil rig in the following days and weeks and months had to have like a PR nightmare on its hands that its entire workforce besides one employee killed that one employee, raped that one employee's girlfriend, and then killed three officers and tried to kill a federal agent. They're done, man. Like shit's really bad at the office Monday morning for them, for the oil rig. So Alon, final thoughts. Did you enjoy this movie? Will you watch it again? I like this movie a lot. It's really sad. I mean, especially, you know, you mentioned the statistic at the end being that Native American women don't have a statistical, you know, number that you can just look up about how many of them are missing or have been missing. Um, And it, you know, I mean, for anything, this movie was made just to show the neglect of, you know, what we have on Native Americans as a society. It's extremely sad. But saying that, I liked it a lot. I would watch it again. And I think I would watch it. I would want to watch it with someone who's never seen it before. Because this movie does take you down like a roller coaster of emotion that I I think it'd be cool to kind of like share that with someone. Um, And then Jeremy Renner, you know, is in it. Elizabeth Olsen. Uh. And like you said, you know, all the secondary characters were also incredible actors. So yeah, I mean, this was kind of like a really well put together indie movie um, that I enjoyed very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I Finally Watched Wind River.